everyone welcome or welcome back to the caffeinated brown girl podcast my name is pallavi and i am the host of this show in today's episode i talk with karishma mistry who like myself is a graduate of the university of minnesota twin cities um we talk about med school and specifically karishma's journey and her experience of going to med school in the caribbean which has a lot of stigma and stereotypes attached to it so in today's episode we are breaking all of those Karishma is a third year medical student at St George's University and is currently doing her rotations in Brooklyn, New York. She graduated from the University of Minnesota in 2017 with a BS in biology and worked at a health tech company called Cover My Meds for 2 years before pursuing medical school. She's a transplant recipient and comes from a family of physicians. She hopes to use her experience as a patient throughout her medical career, making a positive impact for those in need. This was a very insightful conversation for me. Um in my family, I don't have a lot of people that went the med school route, so hearing about her experience and the work that she's doing and you know what's to come was really exciting and also hearing about her experience going to school in the Caribbean. Um so I hope you enjoy this episode don't forget to give us a follow at the caffeinated brown girl on Instagram or reach out to me through email at the caffeinated brown girl.gmail.com enjoy this episode I will talk to you soon Hello Karishma thank you so much for being on the show today uh why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself Hi, uh thank you so much for having me. Um my name is Karishma. I'm a third year medical student at a Caribbean medical school, specifically St. George's University. And I'm just happy to be on the show and um share my story a bit. Yeah, so we'll be talking all things medical school and um going to school in the Caribbean and um everything in between um in today's episode so mm-hmm. just to kind of start off with things um i'm curious to hear about what influenced the decision to go into med, med school and um to pursue the route of becoming a doctor yeah so actually it was a bit of a unique story so um kind of common in the way that both of my parents are doctors already and so I kind of grew up in that um environment of having them be role models and kind of pushing me towards healthcare but I also struggled with my own health issues when I was younger so I actually underwent a transplant when I was 11 years old and so that really brought me head on into the field of medicine and healthcare and I was interacting with doctors ever since I was born so that was also kind of being the patient brought on a different perspective than just being the daughter of two doctors. So it was a long process of choosing this specific field. Um when I went into college I wanted to stay away from anything science related. I actually wanted to go into business and pursue other interests. But shortly after like a year and a half of college I realized that okay you know maybe I am actually interested in medicine and so I started to take more health um health science classes and that's when I was like okay I want to definitely do something in medicine and I don't want to completely rule out rule out the medical field So I had decided my junior year, my senior year that I would keep that option open and so I wanted to take some time though still. So I took 2 years off 
after college, um, kind of preparing my application, taking the necessary tests, the MCAT, etc. And I was working in a healthcare space. I was working for a healthcare tech company. So that also just kind of furthered my intuition that I did want to actually pursue medicine because I knew that just working at a healthcare startup or a healthcare business or consulting wouldn't be enough for me. And I would always be wanting more. Um, and so that's kind of what brought me to going to medical school. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think yeah. like something that I think about a lot is that unless you've tried something like when you yeah. try things, you find out like, oh, I don't like this. Like I want to yeah. do something else. And so like, you know, I mean, an 18 year old, even like a 21, 22 year old does not is should not be expected to know what they're um mm-hmm. what they want to do but like you know you rolled out business and then you're like okay healthcare but even within healthcare like there's um so many routes to go and for some people um more of that management and startup and business route might work but for um someone else um taking that leap and going into uh, med school might might work better so i think it's important to like um remember that it's like okay to <laughs> rule yeah. out things like okay yeah not this and I'm yeah and I'm actually really happy I did that because I know so many people just go straight and it's eight years and it's just like get it done move on but it's just so much like physically emotionally mentally going through all of that in eight years that I'm really glad I took my time because honestly like when you're working so hard and you're going through this process, there are still going to be moments where you're like, did I even choose the right profession? You know, am I, am I even doing this because I want to, or just because I'm in it? And so taking those two years off and really exploring those other options to this day has helped me know, you know, even when things get rough or times get tough, this is still what I chose and what I wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. Like going into it straight just means like, continuous schooling like right after college I mean all your life you've been studying and then yeah add on another um intense eight years to that so um that's a lot and like I've like talked to a lot of people who've done even other forms of like grad school or professional school Mm -hmm. and like that's one advice that has resonated a lot with me is like take a break from education like try no matter I mean yeah no matter what you do in your profession like you need a break yeah exactly (laughs) um so I think everybody knows that like med school is difficult but even the application process itself is so intense and like it has so many aspects to it I mean one that you know even in your undergrad like you have to start taking certain classes and like building that um skill set and then obviously the MCAT and then everything else that goes into it so Mm -hmm. um you know considering these different aspects of the application process like um what what did that look like for you Yeah, so when I decided that I did want to, you know, maybe eventually pursue medical school, I started taking all the necessary classes, I was pre-med, there's a whole checklist of things that you have to do um, in order to even, you know, have things to fill up on your application or be considered, so that's volunteering, shadowing, research, I did all of that in undergrad to make sure I had, you know, just all of my bases covered. And then there's the standardized test called the MCAT, as you mentioned. So I um, ended up taking that twice. Um, And so I took it once in my senior year of college, and then I took it once during my gap year. Um, You can take it, you know, like 
you can take it more than once. It's not something that you can only take once, and so you want to do as well as you can on that test. So then you have that um, to send in your application as well. And so there's two different application processes for the U.S. There's an MD route and there's a DO route. So I applied to both, the MD and the DO. They both are doctors and they both apply to the same residency programs and everything else. Um, it just varies in the curriculum. So for the U.S., I applied to all um, MD schools that I thought I would fit in at and all DO schools. And then um, about like a little over halfway into the application process, I realized, you know, this wasn't working out for me. I wasn't getting any interviews. Um, I was only getting a bunch of rejections. And so then after that, I was like, okay, I need to start considering my other options. And so at this point, it had I had already been taken a year, you know, a year out of college. And by the time I would start medical school, it would be another year. So I would have taken two years outside of college. And I was, you know, getting older. And a lot of people will consider, you know, trying again for the U.S., um, strengthening their application, doing, you know, a a different graduate graduate level program for a year, just trying to improve their stats to apply to a U.S. school. But for me, I had already I had already decided this is what I want to do. I already knew some people that had taken the Caribbean route, and you know they had been successful in it. And I had already kind of exhausted the U.S. option in my mind, and so that's when I decided to look into the Caribbean. And St. George's was the only, you know, the only Caribbean school I applied to because it had the best overall rating, the best overall curriculum, the best relationships and things like that. And so the application process was like, for that was extremely easy. All you have to do is just fill out like a one page form, um, have two letters of recommendations, and then have your MCAT score. And then um, their, their application process is very, very quick, actually. Um, you just send in the application. They contact you for an interview, either in person or online. You conduct the interview, and they tell you within a week if you got in or not. And so it was a very quick timeline. And so I knew within about two weeks of me starting the application process that I had gotten in. So that was kind of like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders in a way that I knew that, okay, you know, no matter what happens with the application process in the U.S., I'm still going to be able to start medical school on time or at the time that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the process looked, looked like for me. And then as like July hit, um, that's kind of the end of the application cycle. So that's when I knew, you know, the U.S. clearly didn't work for me and I was going to pursue the Caribbean option. Okay. And I mean, it sounds like a pretty lengthy process, like, um, because, you know, there are a lot of steps, like, obviously, the volunteering and the experience that you're getting through undergrad and, um, you know, in the gap year, but then the MCAT and then um, for most graduate programs, even many professional programs it kind of stops there like most Mm -hmm. of them don't have an interview at least like it's not a standard to have an interview um whereas like for med school like it sounds like it's different which like makes it um definitely a lot more um strenuous so (laughs) yeah it's definitely a lengthy process you have like one major app and then you have supplemental application and then you have an interview and then they tell you so it's quite a it takes like a whole year Mm -hmm. um to complete everything yeah that and yeah I mean I've just like heard stories of like the wait lists and people finding out at the last moment and then having to be like 
I have to move across the country in like two yeah. weeks. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Like I can't believe that this is how the process works. <laughs> yeah, for something you know that's such a that's such huge, a huge huge yeah. deal. It's yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's a big commitment. <laughs> it's the next four years of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> well, um, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. so I know we talked about this a. Uh, little bit already like your journey into uh, med school and then how you ended up um, at your university but um, interested in hearing about like um, how that experience has been like one just going through med school in general and then maybe we can um, jump into like what has it been specifically um, going through med school in the Caribbean. Yeah, definitely. So overall, I mean, med school has been, as I'm sure most people have heard, it it has its ups and downs. It's very, I mean, at least for me, it's, you know, there's been a lot of uphill battles, but there's also been a lot of rewarding moments. And I'm now going into my third year. And so a lot of people say at this point, you've kind of gone up the hill. Um, So you've kind of battled a lot of the the tough battles already, and now you're getting to the part where you start to see the returns of your investment. And so I'm excited for like the next second half of my journey, but it's definitely been hard um, up until now. We have to take a board exam at the end of our second year, and so I just completed that. That was very, very tough and very emotionally and mentally exhausting. So I'm very glad to be done with that. But also just in general, your first two years are just book work. You're basically just studying for 12 plus hours a day and you're just, you know, on your computer all the time and your books and you don't really have a lot of patient interaction, at least at my school. Um, It's a lot of just simulated patients and just learning about different techniques, physical exams things like that. So you're not actually seeing and treating or experiencing real life patients. Um, And so it's kind of challenging the first two years in that way, because you're not actually seeing what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. You really just have to get down the basics. But I'm excited to see what the next two years bring, because I've heard it's extremely rewarding to be in the hospital and seeing patients and learning and growing and and just experiencing everything yeah like having more of a hands-on experience yeah yeah um so like this is just because like I'm curious yeah Um, but um but like you you called you called this out like in the first couple of years it's a lot of like in your textbooks like constantly studying like Mm -hmm. um given that like is there even a sense of like balance or is it like I mean I can imagine it gets pretty tough but like how do yeah. you try and find those moments of like breaks um if yeah. and where they exist honestly I think it gets better with time like for example my first semester I don't think any of us like me and my classmates really knew how to like manage our time we were still learning how to study we didn't know what to expect But by the second semester, we kind of had a routine down. So we knew, okay, you know, this is what we need to do in order to study to get the results that we want. And so by second semester, it did, it did loosen up and we were able to, you know, take one or two days off a week. Some people were traveling on the weekends, taking short trips. So it's definitely possible. And there are times where you do have downtime, especially like the week after the exam. Usually we take it a little bit more chill, you know, relaxed. We don't study for as long. And so 
it just kind of depends on what works for you, how much you need to study and things like that. But honestly, after the first semester, you you have a routine down and you know how much you need to study and you know what you need to do to get the marks that you want to. And so it gets a lot easier. Also, like classmates are a savior, like classmates are there with you through the bad, the good, everything. And they it's it's just so nice to be in an environment. Obviously, with COVID, that got cut short for us. Um, but it was really great to have, you know, people by you all the time that are doing the same thing that you are. Yeah. And providing support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely like they're going through the same experience. And so it's important to like find a cohort of people that yeah. see it more as collaboration and not competition. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Especially yeah. in medical school. And that still exists, I think, like depending on you know what kind of person and people but eventually you find your people and you find your group and your support system exactly yeah Yeah. so um yeah that all that all makes a lot of sense so we talked uh, a lot about this like previously and I know this was uh one of the main parts that you wanted to talk about on the show but there are a lot of like there's a lot of stigma associated with going to med school in the Caribbean. So like for anybody listening, can you share um, one, what that is and then like really what your experience and um, reality with it has been? Yeah. So when I was first deciding to apply to the Caribbean, I was extremely hesitant just because I knew that the types of judgment or stigma associated with it um, was extremely relevant. So for example, like, you know, people would say that people who go to the Caribbean weren't smart enough to get into US schools, or they're not going to be as well equipped to be um, good enough doctors in the US, or they're just, you know, they won't have the knowledge base, they don't have the same education, things like that. and it's also just kind of, it makes it makes you look kind of stupid and it makes you feel kind of inferior to other people that did go to U.S. schools or, you know, are practicing in the U.S. and things like that. So that's kind of something that I struggled with. But at the end of the day, you know, when you do start at a Caribbean school, you don't even, you don't even think about that. You don't even remember that. All you do is you just keep moving forward and you're like, okay, you know, I'm here at a Caribbean school, I'm with all of these other students who are also here at the Caribbean school, we're all trying to do the same thing, and that's become a doctor. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like a one goal, one mission, and you're all just working towards that. And since I started medical school, I think that coming back into reality here in the US, I still have those feelings sometimes like, oh, you know, if I tell someone that I go to Caribbean school, they're going to think inferior of me, or they're going to think, oh, you know, you weren't smart enough to get into a U.S. school, so you had to opt for, like, the plan C option. But overall, my, like, the reaction to, um, the reaction that people have had to me when I told them, you know, I go to Caribbean school has been overall positive. I haven't really received any judgment or any, any other sorts of, you know, um, notions from other people. So, I think that maybe it's something that people thought of a lot more in the past, but I also know that the Caribbean enrollment has been going up every year as well. So maybe it's the fact that more and more people are opting to go to the Caribbean because the U.S. medical schools are getting so, so, so competitive. Um, So maybe that's also why it's becoming a little less. But I know that when I was going through the application process, that was a huge factor. And I know that it is still a factor for people that are 
trying to apply to medical school right now because I have some friends that are in um, younger grades than me and they, you know, talk to me about this. You know, how was it for you when you were going to a Caribbean school? How was it for you when you were applying? How did you deal with it when people asked you about medical school? How did you deal with it when people, you know, asked you why you didn't get into a U.S. medical school and things like that? So I think that all of these pressures are from the outside and from society. But honestly, once you're in it, I haven't even had a second thought about it yeah yeah I mean as you called out like at the beginning like even you were a little hesitant to apply because of you know all these like notions around it and like I mean for me uh, what that reminds me of is like growing up in India too like mm-hmm. um even I mean everything's competitive there but yeah um, I think medical school is something that's like kind of competitive everywhere yeah um and so I had a couple of friends that were like applying to school there and like there it's more of like an undergrad thing but oh, yeah. you similarly give a test um and it's largely based on that and I know I had some friends who are probably the smartest people I know like mm-hmm. prop but they didn't get into those schools yeah. um because it's just so competitive and so yeah I know like they were thinking of options of going somewhere um else in Asia or mm-hmm. um going the dental route or doing or you know again yeah. like retrying and so I feel like when competition keeps on increasing it isn't reflective of an individual's worth. It's just such yeah. a culmination of like so many different things that um, it's difficult to like pinpoint like this is why it yeah. happened or this is why it didn't work out. And so um, I can see like originally where that stigma came from because I mean, people may not have known as much about, yeah. you know, schools in the Caribbean and things like that. And then um, the more they know, like you mentioned, that you knew some people who had um, gone to schools in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So um, I imagine or I wonder, like, if that helped your decision. But mm-hmm. I think, like, I guess the more the experiences there are, the easier it is for, like, someone who's aspiring to go to med school to like make that decision yeah and that's especially why like your show was kind of like important because you know you talk about brown people they see people Indian people and we have so many stigmas there's so many societal pressures put on us and this was definitely one I felt you know even when I go back home in my Indian community I was so nervous to you know admit that I went to Caribbean school just because you know everyone compares their kids and you know, what undergrad they go to or what school they're going to or what profession they're doing. And so it was definitely a learning process for me. And I was like, if I don't accept it, then I can't expect them to accept me for doing that. So I really had to come to accept it myself and be, you know, proud that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to be a doctor Mm-hmm. And this isn't going to matter. No one asks, a patient doesn't ask you, you know, like, where did you go to school? I, I need to know before you become my doctor. No one asks at the end of the day. It's just that you are a doctor and you're able to treat me and that's all that matters. So, yeah. And, and yeah. it's kind of like what you were saying, how, you know, some of the smartest people you know didn't get into the school that you wanted. Even with my classmates, some of the smartest people that I know didn't get into U.S. med schools. And they have everything, you know, the, their stats, everything is perfect. So it's just so hard with these competitive applications and processes to know, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah. And I think like, even if I think about undergrad, because I feel like that's mm-hmm. so much 
relatable for a lot more people um for me like when i was applying to us schools like i knew like okay i'm applying to these six seven schools because they're good at x y and z they have what i want and mm-hmm. i wasn't applying to like any ivs or anything right but when you think about india and what people know of like us schools yeah. they only recognize the ivs yeah. and so and i'm like yeah i'm going to like university of minnesota and like the state i hadn't ever heard of before yeah to be honest <laughs> They probably don't like, even know where it is on a map. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I did not. So, you yeah. know, who can I blame? But it's like, uh, what is that? Like, uh, yeah. is that a good school? And like, yeah, it's a good school. Like, you come yeah. here, you study, you find out. Like, yep, it's it's great. But um, that, that stigma is there because that's just what people know. Yeah. But now, like, from my hometown or like... Um, my circles I see so many more people coming uh coming to the U or like going to schools like that just because there are more of those stories so I think it it takes time but it's like no not everyone can get into Harvard it's arguably one of the most um selective schools and maybe I don't want to go like yeah yeah absolutely yeah so I think like it's kind of reflect like what you were talking about is reflective in a lot of um different situations but definitely with like um med school and like what you call out with the brown community here is like competition is just like at the mm-hmm. core of it for some reason um and yeah and comparison it's like so yeah. much comparison between each other and and you know that's kind of the root of the issue yeah yeah essentially yeah it's it's more like comparison and it's it's coming from not having the full picture I guess is how I would put it Mm -hmm. like you know people are making those comparisons so um I think I mean honestly like I think I mentioned this like before when we had a previous call like even I didn't know a lot about like going to school in the Caribbean and so like that's why Thank you. Like, you know, it's important um, to share um, share your experiences. Um, so, like, you, you talked um, a lot about, like, you know, med school there and how, um, like, really at the end of the day, like, you're becoming a doctor. Like, it's the same thing. But um, something that I'm just thinking is that, um, that, I mean, you did move to a very different place. And so how was the experience of just, like, being in a new environment and taking such like a big life step and especially like yeah. with it being so busy and everything like how is that aspect of things yeah so the Caribbean schools are obviously unique because they're not in the U.S. yeah <laughs> you do have to make a significant move um so for me it was a little bit different because the school that I chose to go to St. George's University has a partnership with a school in England And so I was able to go to England for my first year, and that actually proved very beneficial for me because I had been to England so many times as a kid. My entire mom's side um, family lives there, so I had uncles and aunts and cousins all there. So for me, it really didn't feel like such a drastic move, Um, and that was only for one year. And so our second year, we were supposed to be on the Caribbean island of Grenada, However, with COVID, that didn't really happen for me. So I never actually experienced the Caribbean, (laughs) which is crazy because I go to Caribbean medical school and I will have never gone to the Caribbean. 
So that's just, it's just funny how that worked out, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just weird to say. All of my classmates, we all just think about that, and it's the wildest thing. That, um, yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Everyone's like, wow, like, that's actually the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I was like, I know. But with COVID, you know, there's so many weird things yeah. that happen, so... But yeah, honestly, other than that, like the move for me wasn't as big as I thought. The The hardest difference, honestly, with moving to England versus the island is the island is still on East Coast time and I was on Europe time. So yeah. that was the biggest difference for me. And it was a huge adjustment, especially with family and friends. Like I was completely disconnected. I felt like I was just in a, in a bubble of school. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that, you know, it's some, they're only semester. So then you got a month off for Christmas. So it, it kind of is nice because you do just have to work really hard for four months and then you get a break. Mm-hmm. So those were kind of like pluses and minuses to being so far away. Um, but yeah, other than that, it wasn't like too bad of a move for me. Obviously, it, it, with starting school after two years of not being in school, there's a huge adjustment. But that comes, you know, with like the first first month or so, I would say. And like I said before, you have all of your classmates around you. I mean, it's just crazy to see the wide variety of age ranges in medical school classes, anywhere from like 22 to 32, where it was my class. Honestly, I had some 30 year olds as well. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's interesting because everyone comes from a different background. You know, one of one of our classmates was already technically a doctor in his home country. Okay. And now um, he's trying to become a doctor in the U.S. So they have to go through this whole process again. So it's just crazy. But I loved it. And I think that that's also a benefit to going to school abroad or in the Caribbean. I was going to say. Yeah, it's insane. Like we had people from South Africa. I have one of my best friends lives in Thailand now or Hong Kong. And they all come from these different countries. And it's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously COVID made things weird. But even then, like... The fact that you got to go and do school in England for a year, like yeah. someone in a U.S. school may not have that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's so you, true. Yeah. So, you know, like there's that angle of it too. Like, yes, you're taking such a big step in life, but you're getting to experience a different place. And even if it was like just going to the Caribbean, like even doing that for a couple mm-hmm. of years, I think like um, could be a very cool experience. So, um, and to your point, like it's, bringing in people from across the world and um, you're getting to experience um, those different cultures and environments Mm -hmm. and I think like um, as a person that just can be very beneficial yeah and also what's really cool about the Caribbean or at least I don't know about other Caribbean schools because I didn't research them but my school is you only do two years abroad and then you do two years in the States. And so that's kind of why I'm moving to New York now, yeah, because yeah. that's where I'm going to be for the rest of the two years. So two years goes by so fast, honestly. And then you you get to be in the States and you kind of get to choose where you want to be, which is beneficial. Yeah. So um, great segue to my next <laughs> question. So your next move is New York, which um, as yeah. we're talking is happening tomorrow um so um what does I guess what do the next two years look like from a med school perspective um um yeah okay yeah so the next two years are basically my clinical rotations and so I'm basically going through like I think six or seven core specialties and I have a certain number of weeks dedicated to each just so I get 
kind of a basic covering of each specialty before we have to make a decision in a year as to what we want to apply into for residency. So I'll do that for the next year and then I'll apply to residency starting next September. And again, with that, the process kind of takes from September until March. Okay. So again, it's kind of a long process. Yeah, so you apply and then you interview and then you hear back um, on match day, which is sometime in March. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of know if you matched, if you're going to move on to residency or, you know, if somehow it didn't work out for you, then you have to seek out other options. But the goal of the whole four years of medical school is to match into a residency <laughs> program. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, that'll work out. But yeah, and so then after that, that'll kind of be 2023, and then I graduated in May of 2023, so that's kind of what the next two years look like for me, just in the hospital, applying. I have one more board exam to take at the end of next, uh, at the, in a year from now, I'll take that, okay. so next September, and then, yeah, just hope for the best for the next, uh, for my last year, my fourth year. Wow. So the next couple of years are also going to be pretty intense, but more from like a practical perspective, like help you um, go through different aspects and different um, fields you could go into for your residency and and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that now starts kind of the ultimate um, test, I guess, or Mm -hmm. experience of work-life balance, because I will be kind of essentially working yeah in a hospital and then you know coming home and while we still have to study we also still are able to have a life at the same time so it'll be interesting to see how that goes because the prior two years studying was our job that was the only thing that we had to do all day so yeah it'll be interesting to see how the next two years go but I'm I'm very excited so I'm excited to finally be hands-on like you said Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you're going to be doing all of this in New York. So that's another yeah. <laughs> level that's in itself. Yeah. 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 No, that will be great. So I just want to close this off by asking you if you have like any advice for anybody that's looking to um, apply to med school, um, become a doctor in the future, all that stuff. Yeah. I think the number one advice, honestly, that I would give is the process to becoming a doctor is a long and hard one takes a lot of strength both inner and outer and so just you know make sure you know that this is the path that you want to do it and once you've kind of made up your mind and you know that for sure this is what you want to do then it doesn't matter how you get to the end goal of becoming a doctor at the end of the day you know that's all that you need to focus on whether it's going to a u.s school whether it's taking five years off whether it's going to caribbean school it really does not matter because at the end of the day you're going to be a doctor and no one's going to ask you how you got there or what methods you took how much time you got off took off how old you are doesn't matter so honestly just pursue your passion and if medicine is it then no matter what path you take you'll be a successful one yeah I absolutely love that um so if anybody's interested in like reaching out to you um is there like social media handles emails or any contact information that they can use for that yeah absolutely um so my social media my Instagram is public so that would probably be the easiest way just send me a DM I'm more than happy to talk about this I'm so willing to talk about this because I totally understand the pressures that come with it so my Instagram is just karishma.mystery 
just my first name dot my last name. Um, if you DM me and then we can email or go from there, probably be the easiest way. Okay, sounds great. Well, thank you so much once again for being on the show and sharing um, your journey with med school and what's to come. And I'm, I'm sure this is going to help a lot of people who are in the process or will be someday. Yeah, thank you so much, Pallavi, for having me, honestly. I'm, so, I'm just so grateful to have this and my story be out there. And, you know, even if it helps one person or helps one person feel comfortable about their decision, it's worth it. So thank you for letting me share my story. Yes, of course. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Caffeinated Brown Girl podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating and review on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your listening platform of choice. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Caffeinated Brown Girl and reach out to me through email at caffeinatedbrowngirl at gmail.com for any inquiries, questions, or feedback. I will talk to you next time. Until then, take care. Bye bye.